Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Adam Ludgate. Adam is a programmer turned CTO who's involved in the startup tech community and is enticed by new and innovative ways of solving problems with technology. He has worked previously with the likes of IBM Canada, AOL UK, tech startups in London's Silicon Roundabout, as well as with a variety of oil and gas software firms in various development and leadership capacities. Why don't we sit back and enjoy a conversation with Adam and his guest, Sandy Gilbert. Take it away, Adam. Hi, I'm Adam Ludgate. On today's episode of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, I'll be speaking with Sandy Gilbert. Sandy is uh, the board chair for NACO. She's a managing partner at Intergen, the founder and CEO of Crowd Capital, which oversees DealPoint. Uh, so Sandy's wearing a number of hats and I want to talk to her today about all of them. So Sandy, the typical question I ask people when I start these conversations is who are you and where did you come from? Uh, thanks for having me, Adam. So I usually start my conversations by saying I grew up on a farm in Manitoba, but that takes it back a little bit too long. So let's just start with my entrepreneurial ventures. Um, really, when I came out of school, I started in the investment banking space, raising capital for junior oil and gas companies, obviously in the Calgary market. But ever since then, really, I've been an entrepreneur that's focused on how technology can change businesses and uh, open up new markets for them. So really, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, never really had a real job in a real enterprise. Um, so, you know, really entrepreneurship's in my blood. And now we'll start off discussing DealPoint. Can you talk about a little bit about what DealPoint is uh, and crowd, uh, crowd Capital? Sure. So um, DealPoint's a technology that really helps uh, companies raise capital in the private markets. And like most entrepreneurs, you start a business because you see a problem that you've experienced yourself. And really, as an entrepreneur all my life, I knew how hard it was to raise capital. And in Canada, particularly, we've got different regulations in each province and there's rules and limits and who can invest and who can't invest. And it's extremely complicated. So my goal was to create a platform where a company could um, put their offering on a um, website, obviously, come see the deal and actually hit an invest button and make the investment online. It started out, as some people know, as a crowdfunding platform called SeedUps uh, about five years ago. Uh, but as the market um, really kept coming to us and saying, hey, we really like your technology. Can't you build that technology for us? So that was broker dealers and lawyers and angel groups. We finally, after being hit over the head a thousand times, said, OK, we uh, will make a SaaS product. And so we uh, built a new technology that is white labeled for people to um, present their deal flow online. It's called DealPoint. OK, cool. And so now being, you know, uh, this discussion being around Rainforest Alberta, um, have you had any interaction between DealPoint and Rainforest Alberta or can you speak with that at all? Yeah, so our product is licensed to broker dealers. Um, so uh, broker dealers across Canada use the product. Uh, Angel Groups, um, Valhalla is actually just going to use it on a, on a deal they're on right now. 
um, and and really lawyers across the country. So in the rainforest world, some of the companies that are raising capital may have uh, had their capital raised through DealPoint, um, but it is just a SaaS technology that would be branded under somebody else's name. Okay, got it. So that would be, uh, there's another site, angelbot.ca. Is that fall into the same umbrella? Yeah, so angelbot uh, is, is a very cool piece of tech that we're not doing anything with right now, but it will reemerge again. Uh, it really is a chat with an angel to help uh, companies understand if they're ready to uh, sit down in front of an angel and ask for capital. Um, about 27 questions that will really let us determine if this is a company that's um, really at the stage where they can ask for capital from strangers. Okay, that's very useful for a lot of people, I would for say, sure. uh, in the innovation market in Canada. Okay, cool. Um, so wanted to uh, change gears a little bit and talk about NACO. So um, you hold the board chair position there. Um, how did you? How did you arrive there? How did you land there? Yeah. So. You know, I always say I was the devil on the angel board when um, I was recruited. Uh, Michelle Scarborough, actually a well-known name here in Calgary. She's now heading up the Women in Tech Fund for BDC in Toronto. Um, but she was the one that first approached me about uh, joining the board uh, several years ago. And I was really the outsider. Um, you know, I always say I was... Um, uh, you know, very different. I had different ideas of how angel uh, capital um, formation could happen in Canada about collaboration and syndication. So I joined the board and um, really have seen over the last five or six years the evolution of uh, angel investing and the broadening of who's investing today. We have uh, women collectives now. We have younger people investing um, as angels. So it's been a real change over the last uh, few years for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I know the, the um, NACO is fairly strong out east. Um, I attended some of the stuff at the summit to inventors last year. Um, what's the state of affairs in Alberta? Uh, That's a really good question, Adam. Um, so the uh, concept of um, angel groups where people become members in a group and uh, jointly uh, review pitches and um, make investment decisions really uh, started in Ontario and has been very strong in BC. We have one of the oldest angel groups, Vantech, uh, in BC that has been around for 20 years. So it's been um, really kind of strong on the BC coast and uh, in Ontario. In uh, Alberta, we have a very strong angel group here, Valhalla, Randy Thompson, a very well-known name, uh, Christina Milkey, who sits on the board with me at NACO. Um, and they've got, uh, you know, groups in Kelowna. They've also opened in BC now and here, but it is really only that group here right now. And um, so we are looking at NACO of putting people on the ground in NACO that are actually staff. So we would do a satellite office for NACO in Calgary. Um, and we hope to put one or two people on the ground here in uh, Q1 next year to um, really help stimulate more activity um, in the angel space here. Okay. And does that include Edmonton as well, or just you're going to start in Calgary and, and go from there? Yeah, well, it would be a Western Canada representative um, to people. So they would really cover, you know, kind of Saskatchewan to BC. Um, Manitoba gets covered pretty well from Ontario, but it would be nice to have a full-time presence on the ground here and and more recognition of the NACO brand in, in Alberta. Yeah. Okay. Well, the InVentures Summit certainly helped a lot about, I think, a lot of people here for sure about it for the first time just being there exactly 
Um, did you have a hand in that as, as part of your role in, in orchestrating that whole event? Is that something that you've been focused on or? Yeah. So, um, Laura Kilcrease, the CEO of, um, Alberta Innovates, um, is, you know, very, um, aware of the importance of angel capital in order to build, uh, scaling companies. And she reached out to us, uh, to see if we would partner on the Inventures, um, summit, uh, last year, the year before she did it with the CVCA. Um, last year with NACO, she's doing it again next year with the CVCA and our plan again is to be back here um, with uh, Laura in 2021. Okay, so it'll be elsewhere. It'll yeah, be so elsewhere I, I, you know, I think it's Ottawa this year. I, I don't know that we've decided yet, but I think it's in Ottawa in October. Okay, cool. And so in terms of establishing the, the presence here in the West, um, are you hoping to make an attractive environment for groups that already exist out East to establish a branch here? Or are you looking for new groups like Valhalla to be emerging or or both? Or Yeah, no, we're, we're really looking to um, attract the um, high net worth individuals here that are actually participating in angel investing, but don't really call themselves angels. Um, so I call it the lone wolf angel. So it's the, uh, it's the men and women that are writing checks into companies today, but are not doing anything in kind of a formal process. So our goal here is to bring in net new investors. So we'd like to expand the angel, um, um, market here to include people that have never actually done this before. Right now I'm working closely with the 51, which is a female collective here that, um, has um, emerged as a, a way to increase female uh, angel investing and also to, um, you know, invest in female forward businesses. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, that's something I did want to ask you about. To what extent are you involved with the 51? Yeah. So they, um, they, we have a good relationship. Um, I'm helping them uh, you know, really navigate the angel space to help them with education around how to tell people that investing in a private company is much different than buying a stock on the stock market. Um, so I've done some uh, educational speaking with them. Uh, we will be doing some NACO Academy events with them. And, you know, the last event I was at at the 51, they had 100 women there. So um, we're really making some headway there. Fantastic. That's really good. And these are all people who are looking to invest. Yeah. So we're, we, we're you know, the 51 is in, in saying if you want to invest, if you're an entrepreneur, if you um, just want to learn about investing so you can at another time, um, they, it's really a, a welcome environment for people that are interested in the space. You know, we need to get the 25 and 30 year olds um, out to these events to understand that when they have the ability to invest into private companies, that they know what they're doing. It's, it's pretty hard to start when you're 60 years old and have never made a private investment. So the more we can, you know, ex uh, expose young people to the uh, concept of angel investing, the more capital we'll be able to deploy to early stage companies. So Sandy, the next thing I wanted to cover with you was uh, the top seven over 70 and Intergen. Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about what is Intergen and how does it relate to the top seven over 70? So Intergen really um, is the vision of a couple of uh, Calgary's great titans, actually, Jim Gray and Brian Faleski. And, and it did begin with the top seven over 70 event that uh, took place in October of 2017. 
And Jim Gray, you know, who wakes up every morning to ensure that Calgary is not turning into Detroit, uh, is very involved in entrepreneurship in, in Calgary. And he kept hearing about the top 30 under 30 and the top 40 under 40. And he's going, heck, like there's a lot of old people doing great things. Let's put together a program to recognize those people. So uh, with his will and uh, a great committee behind him, they uh, pulled off the first top seven over 70 event that uh, recognized seven individuals over the age of 70 that had started something new. So it wasn't a lifetime achievement award. It was, what did you do after you ended your career and began another? And it's not always business. One of the recipients in the first year started running marathons after the age of 70. Others started businesses, and it was very well received. There was 800 people at the gala. It uh, really was inspirational to a lot of people in the room to see that there's a lot of experience that um, can help a lot of different companies um, in the senior retirees. So at that point, Jim and Brian said, hey, we need to put something together that um, can help us match that talent that's on the street that is not working uh, and retired to the scaling companies that need their help in building their businesses here. And the first thing that those um, um, you know, retired individuals might say is, you know, I, I don't know about technology. I was, you know, in oil and gas and I, I don't know anything about this newfound app stuff and how do I help them? And, you know, I always laugh and joke and say, hey, do you know how the Internet works? And they go, no, I don't think I know how the Internet works. But I said, you don't need to know technology. What our founders need when they're building their businesses is basic business expertise. How do you bring on employees? How do you write contracts? How do you do global deals? So that's where um, our talent can help these scaling companies. So they recruited me late last year to say, let's put something together. Um, and we're building a technology platform, I, I would call it the Tinder for, for talent, where a executive will create their profile, identify what their skills are and how they in, could help companies. And companies can come in and say, these are the skills that I need. And then we match them and um, work through a project together with that intergenerational team. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, the Kauffman Institute has done studies that say that if you have diversity of age on your team, uh, the company has a 65% better chance of success. So that's a pretty startling number. And we have a lot of talent on the street that can help our young companies for sure. And then in addition to that, Adam, um, the other gap that we saw was in funding for our kind of post-seed pre-series A money. And back to the getting the net new investor involved in Calgary, Brian and Jim reached out to a lot of um, prominent Calgary families to say, we're going to build a fund that's going to uh, help companies scale. We want you involved. And, you know, when you put Jim and Brian behind it, they get it done. So we've uh, raised a, a scale up fund of um, six million dollars. We're just bringing in another LP for a million dollars that that we'll announce on Monday and we fund companies kind of in that three to five million capital round. And we write checks um, between 500 and a million dollars in each of those companies. So our first two portfolio companies here are Osprey and Virum, uh, both who are at the stage of, you know, kind of a million dollars post million dollars ARR and uh, really able to globally track now. Okay. So that is all funneled through Intergen. It is. Okay, yeah. cool. So just quickly getting back to the top uh, seven over 70, um, 
how are the winners selecting? You know, are you going down the street looking for people, searching through retirees? How does that how does that all happen? Right. So the top seven over seventy is a biannual event. So we run it every two years now. So the last one was just this October. Again, a sellout success and just a, a spectacular fun time actually listening to you know, Ken Stevenson, 86 years old, co-founder of a, a young um, entrepreneurial venture here, taking the company public after the age of eight. I mean, it's just really unbelievably impressive and humbling to see what people are doing um, late in life. So now the next one will be in 2021. And with the Intergen uh, initiative well underway, we'll be able to keep talking about it over the next 24 months. This year, we took uh, nominations from the community in about five months before the event. Uh, we had, you know, hundreds of applications, and uh, it was uh, it, the, the committee had a tough time selecting the top seven for sure. Well, that's a good problem to have, I guess. And I did hear a statistic recently: um, some measurements made against success of entrepreneurs based on their age, and as age increases, success of these of these businesses goes up quite a bit. I, I think Adam, I, I mean, I think it's somewhere around 45 or something like that is the the average successful entrepreneur age or something like that. So, um, you know, that will, that, you know, that's an anomaly. It can change up and down obviously, but clearly when you can bring some experience and uh, avoid pitfalls that often first time founders see that uh, really can increase the chance of success. So our model says, hey, if you are a young entrepreneur and haven't experienced those pitfalls, why not draw on the support of someone who's been there and done that and can help you navigate that so that your chances of success go up even as a first time entrepreneur? Yeah, it's a great idea. I could see lots of examples of people that could leverage that. Uh, what does the intake process look like for both the senior execs and for the founders that you're speaking with? So we're just, uh, we'll launch our tech uh, the end of this month. Um, I think the 19th is the date, but stay tuned. We'll uh, keep you posted on that. The intake process is is simply a questionnaire. So you come in, you you tell us who you are, you uh, identify, you know, if you're um, an executive talent, you say, listen, I only want to do an hour a week or whatever you want to give. Um, and then our uh, algorithms will match those and we can then push them out to um, get introductions. So it is kind of like a dating site. And then uh, once uh, it's determined that the connection is good and works, then for our um, for our our um, scaling companies that need that help, it's pretty immersive, the plan. But really, if you're anyone looking for any talent, an advisor, somebody who knows the markets in China, as a company, you can register on the platform and tell us what you're looking for you and we'll look through the network to find it. Okay, cool. So uh, to date, have you had any kind of success stories through the funnel? Yeah, so uh, we ran a pilot um, to really validate that um, that our product market fit was right. Sounds familiar from a startup business. And we successfully had four companies go through, different types of companies. Um, you know, Ryan Murphy Construction uh, was matched with um, one of our executive talents to uh, help them really look forward in how they could grow their market. And uh, they've had a great success uh, in that. Um, so we're going to put some of the uh, testimonials on the site to uh, let people know how they helped. But it could be just something as simple as, 
we need to know how to get into one of those towers out there to meet someone that's going to buy our product. And chances are our network has one of those people in it. Your reputation is important. So at that point, there's probably a meeting that would happen that says, what are you doing? Tell me about your product. And, and you know, if it looks like a fit, then the uh, connector will say, hey, I'll, I'll introduce you to Joe and we'll uh, get this thing rolling. That's great. And so all the work done by these seniors is pro bono? It is. So they come in pro bono. Um, they, you know, would do maybe a, a four month um, role within um, the immersive programming. Um, and maybe after that, they need a part time CFO or they need a BD person or there's a role that could be a part time gig, um, a paid gig for the talent. Um, that is probably going to happen down the road, we would expect. Right. So. I guess for a lot of these people, they're they're going into this if they, if they get a job out of it or a part consultancy out of it, then it's great. I mean, something to do. Perhaps they're retired and yeah. and they and they still want to stay in touch with the community. And yeah, so if you ask our our talent why they want to do this, they'll tell you that they want to do it because they want to stay engaged. They want to continue to learn. Um, you know, and they need purpose. Like, think of if you were a retired partner at an accounting firm. You know, every day you went into your office, you did this every day, and then all of a sudden you're retired and you're going, okay, now what do I do? And uh, it's a long time. Some some people retire at 50, 55, 60. We've got award winners at 86 winning at uh, the top seven. That's a lot of years to figure out what the heck you're going to do next. So really to stay engaged, to learn, to be curious, to really get around young people that are doing innovative things is very, very stimulating for these people and they love it. Cool. Yeah, that's great. It's a great story and hopefully a continued success and growth. Um, there's, I was at the, uh, the launch party, uh, a few weeks ago down at the big four in Calgary and, you know, lots of young, excited entrepreneurs there and surely some significant percentage could benefit, uh, from some guidance. Absolutely. Um, so that's great. And, you know, we live in a city that we've, we've done it, right? We've built big companies here. We've built global, we've scaled global companies in, in all sorts of sectors, whether it's transportation, um, WestJet, Trimac, oil and gas, you know, Synovus, you could just name them all. Um, and in tech, Solium, $1.1 billion um, exit for Solium. Calgary tech company. So we know how to build companies here. We just need to grab the the experience of the people that have done it and put them in front of the people that need it. I say we match ambition with experience. That's what we're doing. That's great. Really good. Um, cool. Oh, just to, just to change gears a little bit again, uh, you're, you're involved in so many things, um, and obviously very busy, what would you be doing if you weren't doing all this? Oh my gosh. You know what they say? They say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So, you know, I will, I'm not the retiree type. I'm the perfect intergen person, actually. Um, you know, my, my next life may do some of that, but I, I'm curious. I need to stay engaged. I, you know, I met with the, with the guys that are talking about the hyperloop right now between Calgary and Edmonton. I'm going, that is so cool. I can't stand it. Like, it's just, I love to listen to that. I love to be part of uh, new initiatives. I like to challenge the status quo. Um, so I'll be doing this for a long time. That's really good. I want to talk about the the state of the Alberta economy. Obviously, everyone's been watching what's been going on since end of 2014 with the crash of oil. Um, the emergence of rainforest Alberta came out and 
a lot of these push push from Calgary Economic Development and other groups to try and bolster the tech sector in Alberta. Um, and then more recently, we've had you know some public policy decisions which were perhaps not very well received by the tech community in Alberta. Um, I there was a at, I attended some of the rainforest lunches recently where there was quite a bit of discussion around that. Can you give me your brain dump on all this? Yeah, so um, it's tough. Calgary's tough right now. I mean, we're not, you can't sugarcoat it. It's, um, it's challenging for the traditional sector, and it's become uh, challenging for uh, the innovation sector. The first thing is, is we're a can-do province and a can-do city, so we're going to figure out how to make it work. Uh, but that's not going to stop us from uh, positioning uh, why we need policies that support innovation and diversification um, in this province. And um, we continue to uh, have positive discussions um, with the government at all levels to help them understand why we need what we need. You know, getting rid of the tax credit in, in Alberta um, has definitely put us at a disadvantage to other jurisdictions in the country almost every jurisdiction in the country. And right now, Calgary needs a catalyst. So we can't be like everybody else. We have to have something special that draws people here, that draws investment here, and lets us build and grow companies. So, you know, we've got to continue to challenge a policy that we feel negatively affects the ability for us to um, rapidly grow here in innovation, and we will. And I, and I, my heart tells me that that we will get through. And uh, you know, we've got an election or a part of me a budget coming out in March, and we're doing everything we can to put data in front of the policymakers to let them know that um, we need some change. But let's talk about the um, ecosystem itself. You know, I I really kind of emerged into this space, let's say seven ish six years ago. Uh, into the early stage space in Calgary. And at that time, it was very siloed and very uh, disconnected. There were different groups doing different things, and it was um, really difficult to navigate and, and understand how to, how to build your company. And all of that has changed. We're very strong. Cal- Startup Calgary, CED have done a, a great you know, work around entrepreneurship and encouraging people. Obviously, Rainforest is an overarching mindset for us here in Calgary. CDL coming to town has been awesome uh, in supporting um, some of the research that's coming out of the university and other companies, but also bringing net new investors into the space to understand what's going on there. So that's been incredible. You know, platforms building a new space. We really are starting to see that we have an ecosystem that can support companies from ideation to scale. We just have to ensure that we've got good policies in place that will make it easier for those companies to stay here and not go somewhere else. Yeah, so that's great. And well, one of the comments that came out of the discussions at the Rainforest meetups was uh, from Brad was that, uh, you know, the policy decisions may not go the way of the tech sector at all, any given time, but our community needs to be strong enough to weather the storm. So whether one government changes, another one changes, and whether it's federal, municipal, provincial, we just need to continue to keep our head down in the tech community and, and build a strong 
strong community to weather those storms. Absolutely. And that goes back to my, we know how to make this happen and we will make this happen. But, um, you know, attracting new people to here, attracting companies to come here and build their businesses here, you know, really does mean that we need to get some, um, some positive policies to help that happen. You know, the tax credit was a kicker for us. We spent a lot of time getting it here, um, you know, showing what happened in BC and other jurisdictions. You know, Skip can talk about that. They were in Manitoba because they had a, a, a nice tax credit there. So we'll we'll make it happen. I have, um, I'm very positive and with, you know, people like Brad on the ground, it helps a lot. And people like you too. Ha, there you go. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'm, I'm conscious of your time. So, um, just want to give you the opportunity if there's anything else you want to chat about before we wrap it up. Well, you know, I appreciate the time and, um, and I, I also appreciate the time and energy that a lot of people put into this. Um, you know, I can talk about Jim Gray and Brian Fileski who certainly don't need to be, um, focused on helping entrepreneurship in this city today, but they are absolutely dedicated to it. And, uh, you know, the work that CED is doing and, I could name a, a number of people that uh, are just really, really working hard that I sit on committees with. And it's entrepreneurs. It's everyone is trying to contribute. So, um, you know, it's a good, it, we've got a good team around us and, um, and we're, we're looking for a good future for sure. Cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for your hard work and thanks for your time. If any people want to follow what you're up to um, on a public social platform of any kind, I know, I think I follow you. Um, can you, yeah, Twitter's probably my, my, um, that's where I vent mostly. I'm pretty good. Actually. I don't vent a lot, but it's at Sandy Gilbert with an I at Sandy Gilbert. And, um, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I follow LinkedIn, uh, also quite a bit. So I see that. And every once in a while I put something out on Instagram, but I'm Vespa girl Canada on, on Instagram. So it's hard to find me. Yeah. I Uh, have a Vespa. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. There's, there's the hidden gem. There's the hidden gem. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. Great. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. If you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is sponsored by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story, and Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. Visit CapturingLegacies.com for more information. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.